Hello. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Podcast from the unknown here. Yes. Um, Hi. Hi. We finally got to eat our Easter candy. We did. Because last week we were talking about... Okay. Yeah. By the way, if you hear a beeping, um, it's our dishwasher. We're kind of in a little bit of a pickle (laughs) with it. So, so, so sorry about the beeping. Anyway, um, yeah, last week we talked about how we got each other some cute little Easter baskets and put candy in them, and we really wanted them, and now we have them. Although, um, Amber ate most of her suckers out of them before I gave her her Easter basket. We're not going to go there. So. Okay, so we promised you aliens. Yes. For this Easter Sunday, so we're going to talk about some aliens, or at least UFOs. Yes. So we kind of were like back and forth. A little bit like, do we want to do abduction stories? Do we want to do just like sightings? Do we want to do some of the bigger ones like Roswell and um, Area 51? But then we decided on, mine is lesser known. Mine is lesser known. Yeah. So we decided on some lesser known um, sightings, actually. Um, So the thing about both of these is, um, well, the thing about mine, at least, is that it was seen by like a lot, a lot of people. So it's not just a story where it's like one or two people saw something they couldn't explain. It's like a lot of people. Okay. Um, So I kind of did it like a little bit differently. Um, My research. So how I did it was I basically went through and kind of gave you a uh, step-by-step of the night that it happened. Okay. And um, what what each person saw. Okay. So I did, um, I was able to find like, direct quotes from like a few people that witnessed it and um i'm gonna tell you what they said and what they saw and um basically this happened in 1965 so i'm gonna obviously start the night that it happened and then talk about how it's still being talked about to this day mine happened very close to yours did it really 1967 oh like very close okay so mine is the kecksburg ufo incident um it was happened in Kecksburg, Pennsylvania on the night of December 9th, 1965. Two brothers, Rob and Ray Landy, were riding their bicycles when they saw an object fly over them. Ray said, we were riding up the road and we just happened to look up into the sky and we saw this thing coming over the tops of the trees. It just glided right across the sky, like across the horizon of the trees. We were just like in awe, you know, as we watched it. Then it disappeared and we ran. Rob said... You knew what an airplane looked like. You knew what a helicopter looked like. And that didn't look like anything we had ever seen before. And the angle that was coming in, I mean, you knew that it had to hit the ground. So basically both of them are saying what they saw they've never seen before. Okay. Not a helicopter, not an airplane. Drones didn't exist back then, obviously. Yeah. Um, And it was night. Also December, too. So it's cold. Um, This is in Pennsylvania, so the weather is probably similar to Ohio. Um, Three miles away from uh, Robin Ray, another local boy, Randy, saw the object fly over him as well. Randy said, I was playing by a creek at the time and heard a deep hissing noise. I looked up in the sky and saw an object coming at me from a pretty good distance away. It flew right over the top of me, no higher in the air than 200 feet and was going no faster than a small airplane would go. Nearby, Nevin and Nadine Kalp were playing in their yard, which I'm like, all these kids are outside and it's December. I don't leave the house when it's fucking freezing. No, Even when I was little, not. like I never really went anywhere. Well, 
I did. I'd go outside and play. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean. I hate being cold, so. To an extent. I mean, yeah. like, if there was snow outside, obviously. But, like, yeah. if there wasn't. No, I, I think I would just stay inside. Yeah. I don't know. You have and to And so close to, like, Christmas, too. Um, I would just be excited for Christmas break and would be chilling yeah. inside with some hot cocoa. Anyway. Um, so they were <laughs> they were outside playing in their yard when they saw the same object fly overhead of them and crash into a ravine. Nevin said this ball of like fire came through. It's something that I've never seen before and I've never seen it since. Seeing the smoke then at that time down in the hollow there. The Kalp farm is located less than a mile from Kecksburg village. The object appeared to have crashed a half mile from the Kalp's home. Within minutes, Pennsylvania state troopers descended on the site and by now there was no smoke and the light was fading. Search teams were called in to locate the actual crash site. Volunteer fireman Jim Mays led one team of state troopers to the ravine and located the site from an overlook above the ravine after Jim noticed several blue flashing lights coming from that area. He said, We went up this road and came to the brow of the hill and stopped. Down to the right in the hollow were these blue flashing lights. It wasn't searchers down in the woods with flashlights or anything. It was a real bright blue. Real bright, like electric welder. The flashes seemed to be timed at what intervals, I don't know. At that point, the troopers decided to close the area off, close the roads off. So he brought the two of us that was with him back to the fire station. A call went out to all the local fire departments and more than 30 volunteer firemen were dispatched to the area. James Romanski, a volunteer fireman who was part of the search team that located the object, did not believe that the object was an aircraft. He also noticed strange writings on the craft. He said, here was this humongous metal object half buried in the ground about six, seven, eight foot around, and it was every bit of eight, 10, 12 foot long. And to me, the object looked, like exa looked exactly like a fresh acorn that you'd pick off a tree. There were no wings. There were no motors. There were no propellers. There was no identification whatsoever that would identify it as an aircraft that I would know. There was a bumper on the bottom part of it. On that bumper there was what I call, it looked to me like the ancient Egyptian hieroglyphics. That is such a... And it's a tongue twister. Such a tongue twister. It was markings like stars and shapes and figures and circles and lines. And what it was, I don't know. To this day, I've never seen anything like it. So we're all standing around this thing, wondering what in the heck it could be. And finally, here come two men down through the woods, and they took one look at the object and immediately told us to leave. We are in charge. We're taking command. Get out of here. So we left there, and by the time we got back down here to the fire hall, I mean, this place was wall-to-wall -wall military. Oh. The men were then told to leave as military had arrived at the crash site. The site was then cordoned off by the military, and all civilians were refused entry. A local farmhouse owned by Lillian Hayes was taken over by the military, and although the officials made several outgoing calls to unidentified individuals, she said that none of those calls ever turned up on her phone bill. What? Dun, dun, dun. Wait, did she live in this house when they were there? Yeah, and they just kind of, I guess, came in and were like, we're using this as a little base here, ma'am. I'd be no. like, no, the fuck you're not, military or not, no, the fuck you're not using not my house. Not unless you're about to tell me everything that's happening. Yeah, uh, give me all actually, the details. Actually... I would allow it. I would just eavesdrop. And then eavesdrop. Well, I don't know if they kicked her out. They probably were like, you need to go stay in a hotel oh, or well, something. Oh, well, then fuck that. No, you can't use my house. <laughs> okay. Um, a teenager named Bill Weaver was one of many spectators that tried to get a glimpse of the mysterious object. 
Bill said, I looked down in there myself. I seen there was something down in there that had br had bright lights on it. So again, somebody else is saying it has all these bright lights on it. I couldn't see the object itself. Sometime later, I seen a van type truck pull up there. There was some men dressed in moon suits. We called them at the time and they had a light colored box, roughly five foot square. They carried it down into the ravine. Some believe that box was brought in to remove other things from the crash site, not the crash itself. Bill and the other spectators were told to leave the area. Okay. So they carried this box, this five foot square box down into the ravine where the craft was. Obviously the craft's not going to fit into a box that size. Yeah. So some people are thinking maybe they brought it down there to carry something that was in the craft out. Oh, like, you know. A little alien. Yeah. Meanwhile, back at the fire station, James Romansky and the others involved in the initial search were refused to enter the station, which was now being used as a military post. So the military just came in and was like, we're going to kind of just take over everything. This is ours now. <laughs> yeah. Um, at the same time, James saw a covered object that he believes was the UFO that fell from the sky um, on the back of a truck. How big was this thing? He said... Have you gotten there yet? Yeah, I already did. Okay, I'm I sorry. think it was him that said it. Um, da, 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 da. Yeah, he said it was six, seven, eight foot around, and it was every bit of eight, ten, twelve foot long. Pretty big. Okay. Yeah. I mean, ish. For some reason, like whenever I hear UFOs, I'm thinking this like massive, massive no, object. No, 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 not like airplane size, nothing like that. Okay. Um. <clears throat> Oh, I lost my spot. Thanks, Jules. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, so yeah, he saw he had the, 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 he saw uh, yeah a covered object that he believes was um, oh my god! Like where was I? What did I do? In the back of a truck. Yeah, so he said um, he saw a covered object that he believes was the UFO um, that fell from the sky in the back of a truck. He said, we looked up and here comes this Jeep down over the hill with its red light on. And right behind the Jeep was a large flat flatbed truck. On the back of the flatbed was this covered object. And on down the road they went. And where they went, I have no idea. Ooh. Uh, Lillian Hayes' son, John, believes that he also saw the mysterious object leaving in a military convoy. No one knows where the object went afterwards. Kecksburg is a small community in Mount Pleasant Township in Westmoreland County, Pennsylvania. The town had just 250 residents in 1965 when this happened. So small, small. Very small. It is about 30 miles south of Pittsburgh. The ravine that the object crashed into was located less than a mile from Kecksburg Village and stretched across 800 yards. The Kecksburg UFO is one of the most hotly disputed objects since the Roswell crash. Um, articles about the crash have appeared in Sky and Telescope and the Journal of the Royal Astronomical Society of Canada. Oh. A local reporter named John Murphy from the radio station WHJB, who was at the crash site, reported that the military had seized all of his wife's images of the object except for one roll of film. So his wife was there snapping pics. Smart girl. Smart yeah. girl. 
Uh, he later went on to write the radio documentary Object in the Woods. And in 2003, Sci-Fi Channel featured a documentary on the mystery, which revisited the site of the crash and talked to witnesses. Never seen it. So no. I don't know how, I don't know how good it is or how informative it is. We but should watch it. Yeah. It'd be worth checking out. In 2005, NASA changed its initial opinion on the object, um, saying that it, they don't think it's a meteor anymore. They think it's a fallen Soviet satellite called Cosmos 96. So at first they tried to claim it was a meteor. Typical. Yeah. UFO researcher Stan Gordon believes that the government knows what happened. Whatever came down in Kecksburg that night is of high importance to the military agencies. The most mysterious thing about the whole case is the fact that after 25 years, the government still refuses to give us any actual information on what occurred. Stan Gordon interviewed dozens of Kecksburg eyewitnesses and has examined several theories. Astronomers who looked into the case at the time basically felt that the object in question was a belie, belides, bolides, B-O-L-I-D-E-S, not sure, I'm the worst which worst is guy. a very bright fireball type meteor. But we now know the thing basically was coming down from the tip of Ontario and appeared to have made about a 25 degree turn to the east near Cleveland, Ohio. And the interesting thing is now that the new data suggests that the object made a turn towards the south and the object made another turn towards the village of Kecksburg, where it was proceeding towards the northeast within several miles of the crash site. Multiple witnesses tell us that this object was coming in at a very, very slow speed of descent. Meteors do not make controlled turns. They do not come in at low speeds like this. And they, in fact, do not glide in which this thing apparently did. That's what Stan Gordon says. Here's my thing. Why is the government so concerned with hiding UFOs? I think the number one thing is like mass panic. You know? Okay, and I get that. But at the same time, we all fucking know that they exist. Like, it's your choice whether or not you believe it. Who cares if the government is like, yeah, it's true. The government says a lot of things are true and people still don't believe them. Yeah. I just think that um, America, at least, has proven time and time again that they cannot handle things. That's so. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I just feel like. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe not to the world. Okay. Maybe don't acknowledge it to the world, but like. You know, you can tell the people in this town, hey, yeah, this was a UFO, but this is just between us. Yeah. Okay, Jules. <laughs> <laughs> no? Um, you don't think that that's going to work Probably not. Okay, so okay. there are several theories that have recently been put forth to explain what the mysterious object is. And in 2015, two researchers announced that they believe the object was a GE Mark II reentry vehicle. The vehicle was in the nose cone of several rockets that were used in the 1960s. The vehicle was also allegedly used to spy on the Russians. The vehicle had jets that could have allowed it to make the turns that the object was seen doing by eyewitnesses. And also it was made of copper, which could explain the green flames seen by some witnesses. Finally, it had markings on it, which could be misinterpreted as foreign markings. However... The military continues to insist that the object seen by eyewitnesses was a meteor. Okay. The object was described as a fireball, which crashed in the woods and later was described as a large metal bell-like structure the size of a Volkswagen Beetle with Egyptian hieroglyph-like markings etched into it. 
about eight feet long and was in the shape of an acorn. When it was in the sky, it was described as an orange fireball with a tail on its end. I don't know. That doesn't, that doesn't sound all, like any old meteor I've seen. I was just going to say, what meteor Not that I've seen do a lot you of know meteors. has? <laughs> <laughs> We've seen meteor showers. True, true. And, and they do. They look like they look like fireballs. They, they really do. do. Yeah. Um, but, but not that big. I Never like that big. I feel they don't have hy- hieroglyphics on them. Well, and if it really was that, why the secrecy? Right. Why be so strange about why it? Why does the whole military have to come in and deal with it? Yeah, like why? Why can't you just be like, oh, this was a, uh, this was a meteor that fell. Let's it just was a fucking meteor. Away. Like not much to see, but a big old chunk of space rock. Move on. But if you have this bell-shaped object that fell from the sky that has diff- is emitting different colors and has hieroglyphics on it. And then on top of that, you have the military coming in, taking over someone's house, and, uh, and kicking the fire everybody station, out. station, kicking everybody out, like, taking it away on a covered flatbed truck. It's just strange. Okay, That's just weird. We all know what you're up We've to. all seen the X-Files, okay? We know how this well, goes. maybe not everybody. Yeah, but we know how this we goes. We all know how it goes. And it's just like, why the secrecy? If it's just a meteor and it's no big deal, then why be well, so weird? Why be so suspicious? No. They it's, don't make that doesn't make any sense. It it's like it doesn't make they sense. They don't want to cause mass panic, but then they do the shit that they do, which causes mass panic. Yeah, or like just pisses a lot of people off. When really, like sometimes the truth is better. Right. You know. Again, just be like, hey, between me and you. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but every year, Kecksburg actually holds an annual UFO festival, yes. just like the Mothman Festival. We should go. And the next one will, they didn't have one this past year because of COVID. Yeah. But the next one will take place on July 23rd, 24th, and 25th of 2021. We're going. And um, a model of the uh crashed object which was originally just created for the show is always on display near the kecksburg fire station and it's so cool it is really cool are you gonna show you a picture yeah that's gonna be your picture for social media right yeah so you guys will see it too but it's very cool and it has like the hieroglyphics on it and it's it's super cool um i'd love like a little mini one for my desk yeah it's really cool um that's about all i got um, All right. Not much to that one, but a lot to it at the same time. The thing time. is about UFO sightings is that there's not they're not very long to describe, yeah. but like you know, and it's a lot of like he said, she said, yes, which is fine because why? What do you think would have happened in this town for them all to get together one fucking cold December night and be like, let's make up some shit about a UFO? Right. They wouldn't. And that's the thing. Like, the kids are all saying they saw it. And the adults, like, it's multiple, multiple people. And that's why I definitely believe this one. Oh, 100%. I definitely believe it to be something. Like I said, some of the ones where I'm like, one or two people saw it. I'm like, okay, I mean, maybe. But th- but this is like dozens. Yeah. Dozens of people. And they all describe the same stuff. And there wouldn't have been time for them all to get together and be like, we need to get this fucking story straight. Well, and if they were making it up, the fucking military wouldn't have come in. Yeah, exactly. And they were very strange and just... Yeah, secretive. Yeah. So, Kecksburg UFO incident. All right. That's it. Um, well, mine is very much smaller than yours. Like, it's it would only happen to one person. Okay. Um, but it's called the Falcon Lake UFO incident. Um, it is happened in Falcon Lake... Manitoba, Canada. Hey. Hey. Um, it occurred on May 20th, 1967, and it's known as Canada's best documented UFO case. And even 
um, like even still to this day, and people say it's even more credible than Roswell. Really? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm excited. I've never heard of this one. I know. I haven't either until today. Well, I just gave myself away. <laughs> Jules didn't do her research. I didn't do my research today. today, but it's fine. It's all um, right. I didn't hear about it until I researched. Sometimes, and I think like it's, I think it's true. Like doing the research just like an hour or two before we record, it's still so fresh. Yeah. And you're like, cause I feel like a lot of the times I hate doing research like a whole week or two before and then recording and I'm like, fuck, where did I read that? Mm-hmm. Or I think I read this some, you know, and, and then it just, or there might be like a little bit, a little small detail that I didn't want to add into my research, but like, yeah. maybe want to say, I'll, you know, so, yeah. I don't know. Something yeah. Like so that. that's okay. It's all right. Um, I'm just going to put it out there now so I don't have to say it. There's some quotes from CBA.ca. I will quote them when they happen. But I'm not .ca, is that, is that Canadian? I think it's Canada. Some sort of Canadian, I think it's Canadian. lingo. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a Canadian website. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, Stephen McCallick? McCallick. McCallick. Probably, yeah. Was an industrial mechanic, but he also dabbled as an amateur geologist who liked to wander around Falcon Lake area to prospect for quartz and silver he was successful in the area just a year before so he decided to give it another try during the long weekend in may um he was near a quartz vein along the um precambrian shield when he was startled by a nearby gaggle of geese that started to honk and it is gaggle a group it of is geese gaggle. is gaggle. gaggle yeah yes so um, good, good job. Most people would be like, the fuck is she talking about? No, that's a... It's, it's legit. You can thank that website. They said gaggle. Mm-hmm. So thanks. We them. knew that though. But I always say a gaggle of, a gaggle of geese or, I don't know. Um, Giggle gaggle. When Stefan looked up in the sky, he saw, quote, two cigar shaped objects with a reddish glow hovering about 45 meters away. End quote. <laughs> hey, mom. <laughs> um... At the time, he thought that it was a secret U.S. military experimental craft, so he actually sat down and started sketching it. He sketched it for about 30 minutes. Wow. Way to go, Stefan. Hell yeah, yeah man. Um, I should start Stephan, taking a pat. S-T-E-F-A-N, right? Yeah, Stephan? I think like Stefan like Stephan, like Stephan Salvador from yeah. Salvador from Vampire, Vampire Diaries. Diaries. Yeah. That's, that's what I thought. That's what I thought, too. Um, I'm going to start carrying a freaking pad of paper and a pen around with me so I can just sketch. I can just start sketching sketch shit. Sketch the weird shit you see. And then I'm going to be like, well, I sketched it. So nice try. So it no, happened. I, I have a cell phone that I could have taken a picture with it. But I, but, I, but I would rather sketch it. Exactly. It's more real this way. Um, so yeah, he sat there and he sketched for about 30 minutes guy, before yeah. he started. Um, he decided that he was going to approach the aircraft. Okay. When he approached it, he smelled a strong sulfur smell, felt warm air, and heard a whirring... Like a whirr. Yes. Sound of uh, motors and a hissing of air. Okay. Didn't mine say something about hissing? It was like hissing too? Yeah. I swear I read something or I... Or like just read out loud (gasps) to you guys and I've already forgotten. I swear somebody (laughs) said that it hissed. I think so. I think Yeah. he said at the time that he approached, um, a door opened on the side with bright lights inside and he could hear voices. When he offered help to, quote, help the Yankee boys, okay, end quote, um, he 
didn't hear any voices back. So he asked them if they needed help. No one said anything He was back. like, hey, you boys need help? Yeah. And they were like, no, bitch. And um, he was like, yeah, they didn't say anything didn't back. Say he back. was really embarrassed. He also offered mechanical help in Polish, Russian, and then in German. This guy is fantastic. Right? Um, he says he then went closer and noticed how the ship was a smooth metal and had no seams. He then pulled his wielding goggles on that he used when he would chip away at rocks during prospecting so he could see inside. Um, when he looked inside, he noticed light beams and panels of various colored flashing lights, but didn't see anyone. But when he stepped away, three panels, I guess, slid across the door opening and sealed it shut, according to the website that I read. Okay. So now he's like, fuck. Um, when he touched the aircraft, it melted away the fingertips of his gloves. Whoa. Uh, this is a direct quote. The aircraft then began to turn counterclockwise, and Stefan says he noticed a panel that contained a gridlock of holes. Shortly after, he was struck in the chest by a blast of air or gas and was pushed backwards, which set his shirt and his hat on fire. Oh, my. End quote. This thing is deadly. Yes. He then ripped off his burning clothes, and the aircraft flew away. Um disoriented and nauseous he stumbled through the forest where he ended up throwing up and making his way back to his hotel in falcon lake and caught a bus back to winnipeg where he went to the hospital and was treated for burns on his chest and his stomach so he suffered like some pretty bad burns that made him oh my god yeah sick like it fucked um, him up the picture that i actually am gonna use have you used for social media mm -hmm. shows uh the burns on his chest so you can see it wow okay all right i'm interested to see that um these burns later turned into raised sores that looked like a grid in a pattern shape. Ooh. Yeah. For weeks after his encounter, he would suffer from diarrhea, headaches, blackout, and weight loss. Wow. Yeah. That um, really fucked him up. So do you think maybe um, uh, that it like some sort of like a alien foreign metal or substance yes. that could have been on the craft got into his system i and, think and, like, it made him was sick. um at the risk of this sounding really like nerdy and uh illiterate i guess i think um i think it was protecting it was the ship's like defense mechanism yeah like and i think that's kind of what i'm imagining were hovering the aliens were hovering or whatever i mean and i'll i'll talk he never and i say this in my notes he never says aliens he yeah. never is like, yeah, aliens. It was aliens that I saw. Like, he, he just can't explain it. Right. I think, because he never actually saw anybody. He heard voices, but he never saw anyone. So, I think it was something extraterrestrial. I think that he went to the ship and tried to touch it or get close to it. And it activated its defense mechanisms. Yeah. And, it, and he ended up getting hurt because of it. Yeah. I don't and think he was supposed to touch it. And I would agree with that. I would think, I think it's either, I, I do, I do agree and could see it being a self-defense yeah. um, situation that the UFO or the craft, um, like was like did to protect itself. Mm -hmm. But I also think maybe, um, you know, it was maybe that object or, or some kind of, a I don't know, energy it gives off is just not known on this planet and it's toxic to humans. It maybe. could be too, yeah. And it could be something like that or it could be a mix of both. Yeah, yeah. So that's Yeah, that's interesting. Well, and that would explain why he got so sick. Like yes. right away. Yes. Like, I mean, I mean like as instantly. he was like walking to his hotel, he, he was got, like getting sick. He was disoriented and threw up. Yeah, so that would, that would explain, I mean, his, like, he's been poisoned. Mm -hmm. His kind of 
what I would assume. Yes. Um, so his son was home at the time of his return. Um, he was around, he, his son was nine years old at the time. And this, I'm going to read a, a couple direct quotes from him. Um, so the first one is, I recalled seeing him in bed. He didn't look good at all. He looked pale and haggard. Um, he also said, when I walked into the bedroom, there was a huge stink to the room, like a real horrible aroma of sulfur and burnt motor. It was all around. It was coming out of his pores. It was bad. Wow. Stefan told his story to try to warn people, but it soon blew out of control and every and he was getting both good and bad attention, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. People um, were like, no, nah, he's making shit up. I'm sure. Yes. It also got a ton of press attention. It got a ton of like the government's attention, like a ton of shit happened. Um, so Stefan, um, ultimately passed away in 1999 of the age of age of 83. But according to his son, his story never changed once. Um, before moving to Canada, Stefan was a police officer. So he believed it was his duty to report if anything ever happened. Um, which is why he reported it because it, he, he was a police officer. He was trained to report anything that he saw and he just thought that he was doing what he was supposed to do by reporting it. Right. But, and um, like you said, he never once tried to make it a UFO or no. alien nope. thing. Um, he never claimed to have seen aliens and he even still considered the idea that it was a secret military aircraft. Okay. Um, the case was investigated by different levels of government officials, and every investigation came back unexplained. Um, items were later later gathered from the site, including Stefan's gloves and shirt and some tools, which were heavily examined by the RCMP crime lab, and they couldn't explain what caused his burns. Like, they had no idea. Okay. Did they find any kind of a foreign metal? Or... Oh, I'm getting there. Okay. I'm getting there. Okay. Um, there was also a 15 foot long circle that didn't have any moss or vegetation growing around it. So soil samples were taken and they came back highly radioactive. So that's the thing. Um, a lot of the times like Travis Walton, um, have you, you've heard about, you know who Travis Walton is, right? One of the, he, his abduction story is what inspired the movie A Fire in the Sky. Okay. Um, and you know, his the area where he was abducted, the trees were heavily radiated. Yes. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I do remember and that. And they um, um, never grew right. Yes. Like, they never grew like the rest of the trees. And that's what this did. said was that um, where there was moss and stuff on other rocks, in this 15-foot diameter, yeah. there was nothing. Yeah. Like, nothing would grow so, there. So, yeah, that's, that's, a common, um, that's a common UFO. Like, yes. Like, like in the sighting in the um what am i trying to say in the uh not in the sighting in area. the um and the, i guess in the area where it made area? contact like the contact <laughs> area yeah um <laughs> so according to cba pieces of metal were chipped out of cracks in the rocks after years of the incident um which the metal had somehow melted into the cracks Wow. So the metal from this spaceship it was obviously was, really hot. Yes, yeah. Was melted. Whatever happened to him that he caught on fire or whatever, like it, um, the, some metal melted off the ship and like formed into these rocks and they were able to chip pieces of it out. Wow. That's so crazy. Um, there is also on the, 
um, CBA website, there is a picture of some of the metal that they chipped out, which I'm obviously going to include in the description, but you, you guys should definitely go check it out and, and look through. There's a lot of pictures on there and you should go and look at this stuff ever end up in like a museum. Can like can you go and see this stuff? I don't know. I'm assuming you can. Probably, I mean, yeah. it's Canadian. Yeah, so I, don't I don't know, know if know. they're like. I don't. I don't know if uh, Canada has stuff like you know we have like the Roswell Museum and stuff like that. We have weird yeah. stuff like Mothman Festival and UFO festivals. I don't know if Canada has any of that kind of stuff. I don't know. I'm not sh- I, super sure. Nothing sure. against like Canadians. I'm sure like they do have shit like that. Here's I just don't thing, know. Though this is like one of. Um, Canada's biggest yeah. and most known UFO sightings. So I'm assuming they would do something for it. Probably, yeah. Um, Some kind of documentation. Yeah. Or like proof yeah. of it, I guess. Um, so over the years, um, through different, like the evidence that they collected got lost through transfers of different places of it going oh, of and course. getting tested. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Stefan's son still has a piece of the metal and says that it's still radioactive. What a hero. Right? Like, um, yeah. I know. And good, good he also, so um, this was also an Unsolved Mysteries episode. Really? Yes. I think I actually, one of the websites I used for my information is uh, unsolved.com, the Unsolved it Mysteries is. website. It is. And um, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that it also was an episode. Yeah. Um, there was also a book. His son wrote a book about it. Okay. It might've been him and his son. I'll have to look it up. Um, but it, yes. So there's a book out. You can watch an episode about it. Um, cool. I'll have to look and see. That's really awesome. Um, in the cigar shape is also a common UFO sighting description, like a descriptor. Yeah. People were like, it looked like a cigar. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's, that's common. Um, so, in 1968, Stefan was still sick and getting reoccurring burn marks that would show up on his chest. Um, he was still suffering from blackouts, so he went to Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. Um, he was sent to a psychiatrist who says, quote, Stephen is down... Steph, Stephen. <laughs> Sorry, hey, Stephen. <laughs> hey, Stephen. Stephen was down to earth and would not make up stories. Okay. So they're like, nah, this dude would not. And it seems like he's pretty level-headed. Like, I feel like he's not some crazy dude. Like, he was a police officer. Mm-hmm. And I feel like... And he his proof is, like, on his body. Yes. Like, Let me see if I can... Um, I'll show you the picture. Click it. Clack. Clack. Click, click, click. Click it again. <laughs> okay. So... Um, let me see if I can find what the book, Mortar like really wants to know what the name of this He's book is. He's up a storm. So this is the picture that he drew. Oh, wow. Yes. He's an artist. Um, yeah. And that's really, that is such smart thinking of like, I mean, you think it's the sixties, they don't have cell phones. He can't just whip his phone out and take a picture or a video. So he took a, or he did the only thing he could, which was draw a picture. Draw. So um, it's his son and a guy named Chris Rutos. Oh, sorry. I don't know how to say his last name. I'm probably not going to know. Rutkowski? Rutkowski? Rutkowski. 
I don't know, um, who is the co-author of their book. It's called When They Appeared with Winnipeg U. It's uh, When They Appeared. And okay. uh, Chris is a Winnipeg UFO researcher. Gotcha. So okay. The um, So I also think it's worth noting that he, Stefan kept the story up until the day he died. So I mean, he literally never shirt. changed his story. Wow. Here is the piece of metal that they found in the rocks. It's like... Um, it's like bent. Yeah. It's, it looks like a... Um, shaped like a lightning rod. There's his chest. Ooh, yeah. It is like a grid. Mm-hmm. And you so can see... You can weird. even see it on his uh, shirt. Yeah. You can see the grid, the grid pattern yeah. on his shirt. That's so strange. Um, Like I said, you guys should definitely go and check out um, the website... And the book too. The book, the uh, book covers on here. Um, yeah, I can't find uh, where. But I it's, do. It's a. It is an unsolved mysteries, I believe. Yeah, I do think it is worth noting though that he he kept he never changed his story. Never, despite like receiving some backlash and like some people that were. Um, you know, a kind of against his story. He never once like changed it. He's he stuck with what he, well, you know, originally originally said he saw, and I think that 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 says a lot. The thing is, is that like, you know, no, he he never changed his story, but also, what would have caused his burn marks? Right. He was in the in such a strange was, pattern too. He had already been to this lake. Yeah. And ha- or the, around this lake area, and had already been prospecting for quartz and stuff a year prior. Yeah. So it's not like there's anything he already knew the area. It's not like he would have stumbled into something that he shouldn't have been in, or you know that would have just appeared over a year. Absolutely. Like, yeah. And I, I think it's the radiation of the area where the object was. That's huge. Because yes. what else would have caused that? Yep. They would have, if it was something human or something, um, you know, Canadian, uh, like the Canadian military or whoever put there, it would still be there. Well, or, and, and we're not even still be there, but like there would be some sort of documentation. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. the military was doing this in that area. And, it, and there never was. And I just think what else would have caused that radiation just in that, in that circle of, of, spot where it was and the right where his tools and his clothes and his burned gloves were found like and the thing too is that like you would think that if the military was doing something there they wouldn't have allowed him even to tell his story or go near it yeah and exactly and and to live to tell the tale in in a way you know not like that they would kill him or anything but just saying like that they would have let him tell this story in the first place you know, and I think that that's also very telling that it it's not something that can be ex- easily explained. Yeah. And and the radiation has been seen in other cases. And um, I think that the pattern of his burns doesn't it's that's it's that's weird. weird. That's weird. That's not something you would just casually get from touching an, a human made object. No. Like that is. And um not normal like the mm-hmm. fact that they couldn't explain what caused his burns 
Yeah. What caused the the and, gloves and the and shirt to how catch they on would fire. come back? Like, yeah. Like it would he would heal and then it would come back. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what is that? Years later. Two yeah. Years later. Yeah, like years and years. Or no, a year. I'm so sorry, that's a year later. That's interesting. That's hmm. That's also very believable. Right? And that's why I said you know like sometimes these cases. When it's like one or two people, some of them can be a little, I'm like, well, I don't, you know, I don't really know. But then you get ones like this, where it's like just this one thing happened to this, this one guy. Mm-hmm. And he, not, like you said, he never once went there. He never once was like, oh, it was aliens. Like no. he never even put that out there. And I think it's very, that's, he, I don't know. That's his big thing was that he just t- wanted to tell his story to yeah. warn people of the area. Right. And it turned into like all these theories of what it is. And, and one of the main ones is UFOs, aliens. Yeah. Because, well, I mean, you hear these things and you're like, well, what the hell else could it be? I can't think like, of another what explanation else could it be? It's It's interesting all around. Yeah. That's a very good one, Jules. Yeah. I have never heard of... I've never heard of that one before. I haven't heard of yours either. And I would like, if there is an Unsolved Mysteries episode, I would like to watch it. Yes. Um, Unsolved Mysteries makes everything so creepy. They really do. <laughs> Even if it's not, like, they could be like, one woman went to the grocery store and you'd be like, this is the scariest story. Oh my God. <laughs> just because it's Unsolved Mysteries. Um, but I don't, I, I just, I, I get so fascinated with these UFO stories and sightings and abduction stories mm-hmm. and a lot of them, like, I just don't know how else to explain it. No. Like, both of the ones that we just did, I'm like, I really just don't have another explanation for and I think, what these people saw. Yeah, and I think that you and I have actually had this conversation before, whether yeah. it be on a podcast or just you and I talking just ourselves. casually, yeah. People need an explanation for things. Right. So, like, no one can just let it be where, you know, like, the government trying to cover it up. Okay? They can't just let it go and not have an explanation. They have to be able to explain it to people. Yeah. But sometimes there are no explanations for what's happening. And that's okay. Like, the thing is, is that we look to the military or or whoever um, basically to just, like, give us some kind of some kind of an explanation even if that explanation is we can't explain it yeah and that's okay because some things can't be explained because we just we just don't understand them yeah and and that's all right and is an explanation in and of itself i agree um but it's like they get so secretive about stuff and it's like it doesn't need to be that way and like i said you know i think their number one motivator of keeping these things quiet is they don't want to induce mass panic yeah they don't want to like i don't know but to me that's that's not enough to keep us in the dark no and if anything you're just doing us more harm than good because what if one day we're like fucking invaded well and also just you know be like i don't know i can't explain it yeah and like like there's no like i said there is no reason why you need to have an explanation for everything yeah and sometimes you lying to people and telling them oh it's government stuff you're just making more you're just making people mad like well and you're making them out to be like crazy and shit and it's like they're not crazy they know what they saw and it's okay to let them know, yeah, you saw what you saw. And, and we can't explain it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, the thing is, we have all these movies, like... Um, Signs. Sign. That's, like, always the one that comes 
to mind for yeah. first um but like we have all these like invasion movies of like what, what's that you know and, like found a, footage one that you made me watch the other day or not the cloverfield other day. is like cloverfield it is like one of my all-time favorite movies it's definitely one of my all-time favorite found footage movies but it's like so scary because that could really happen yes and the government has not prepared us in any kind of way for something like that to happen you know like yeah. And I don't feel I don't feel like America is prepared for any sort of catastrophe. Well, look at COVID. That's what I'm saying. I mean, look like, at the pandemic and how a lot of people have handled it. I mean, everybody's first thought was I'm going to go out and buy it, all the toilet paper off the shelves. All the like, toilet paper, what? paper towels. Like what? Like what? Paper products. Like I don't people. I don't. I don't people, know. I don't want to sit here and shit talk everybody. I don't either, but I, but people do tend to project their fears in different ways. And, you know, if I went to the grocery store and I saw someone mass buying water and toilet paper and paper gonna towels, obviously I'm going to do it too. Because you're like, well, what you're if, freaking, you're like, what do they, what do what they know? What do they I know? know? Exactly. And yeah, but like, I feel like if we were to be informed by our government, hey, Aliens do exist, actually. Didn't and, they already do uh, No. They confirmed UFOs? Well, they confirmed that they don't. So it was that it was that video that was recorded in like 2011, 2012, something like that. Um, and it was of the Air Force, right? Seeing mm-hmm. a craft and there's like video of it, um, like footage of it. Of the craft just kind of like floating and the, and the two guys are talking to each yeah. other. And they're like, we don't fucking know what this is. Um, and they did confirm that, that it technically is an unidentified flying object because they don't know what the fuck it is. But they did that at the height of quarantine. And I remember everyone on Twitter was like, yeah, we already know. Yeah, we knew. (laughs) Like I had seen that video years ago. Yes. Like it was old news. And the thing is, is that, um, yeah, UFOs doesn't mean aliens. No. It just means we don't know what the fuck that is. And it's flying in the sky. By the way, I'm wearing my alien socks for this episode. Are you? Mm -hmm. The alien pizza socks from Vans? Yep. Vans, sponsor us. Vans do that. (laughs) Um, But like, prepare us. That's all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Because we love to like romanticize these movies, you know, in Hollywood and stuff. And like, even like A Quiet Place. Alien vs. Predator. Alien vs. Predator. Um, Isn't it Paul. the first one just alien? <laughs> Paul. Paul is such a good movie. Paul is hilarious. Um, but it's like we love to like kind of like romanticize this like dystopian like um, post-apocalyptic. You know, like that's like everybody's favorite TV show, book, movie genre. Yeah. And it's like we're not prepared for that. And COVID no. showed that the we are not wave. prepared for just you know anything and Jules and I read this really good young adult book uh we had our own little book club oh yeah um when we first got together this was back in like probably like 2014 I think like well we had been together a while but like it was it was a while ago that we read it yes and um it's about it's called H2O and it's about um this like alien parasite basically like living in the rain, living mm-hmm. in water and it rains and the government did not warn people until it was already happening. And, um, it was too late at that yep. point. And the thing is, is that 
I'm not saying that we're going to get invaded by aliens tomorrow. I'm not saying it's going to happen a year and two years, even in my lifetime, our lifetimes, it could happen, but it could happen one day. Mm -hmm. It could happen tomorrow. And that's the thing. All I'm saying is that I feel like we're not prepared for it. No, we're not. Um, and there are way too many people out there that are like quick to be like, you're crazy. UFOs aren't a thing. And you don't know that. Yeah. You don't, you don't know that. You don't know. End rant. Let's pick our next oh, topic yeah. from the popsticles, popstickle, popsticle oh, stick, Jesus. <laughs> popsicle stick container All here. Right, you ready? I'm ready. Are we going with like the first one, even if we hate it? Unless it's okay. I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer, but I need a little break from true crime. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping it's ghosts. You hope it's ghosts? Yeah, I'm kind of hoping it's ghosts related. What is well, it? It can't be that. We just talked about Oh, that. dreams. Why did we put that back in there? I don't know. I the dreams again. We're going to we're going to save that for when folklore. Kristen and Logan are back. Folklore. I'm down for that. Folklore. Folklore it is. Um Ooh, I have a I I already have a topic in mind. Um Okay, so Folklore. next we <laughs> not to wait, 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 not Taylor not to be Swift. confused with Taylor Swift. No, just our fo- our which is a great album. Um, I kept wanting to say folklore, fork, folklore. Also, hi mom. Hello, Tippy. Thanks for making this to the end of the episode. So next week we're gonna come at you guys with some folklore topics mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and. Um, which I think we've yeah. only ever done folklore one other time, and it was me and you. It was a uh, Bloody Mary and which those more so are like urban legends. There is a fine line between urban legend and folklore, oh, yeah. and uh, we it's easy to blur ones. that line. Mm-hmm. So next week we might be coming at you with more urban legendy folklore type. Um, yes, topics. Or I don't know. We'll fi- we'll talk about it. Um. But that concludes our UFO slash alien yes. episode. Again, thanks for listening, Thank guys. You. We really appreciate you. And uh, happy Easter. And for everybody that's given us feedback on our most recent episodes, thank you. We appreciate you. Mm-hmm. For any new listeners, welcome. And thank you for listening. Sorry thank that you. it started out with like six people and then it went to four. And now it's just me and Jules. But eventually the goal is we'll to get to back four. to um, getting four. Yeah. So um, things just happen. COVID happens. Yeah. And, just uh, trying to be safe. Keep we're everyone trying to be safe. safe. Yeah. So, but the good news is Jules gets her second vaccine this Thursday. Yep. I get my first this Thursday. Um, and Logan said that he gets his very soon, soon. this week, mm-hmm. I think, too. Um, so then once that happens, Logan will be joining us again. Um, once we're vaccinated and then two weeks out of the vaccination. Yes. Yep. Process. Two to three weeks. Two to three weeks. So mm-hmm. probably around May. May or June. May or like May of end of May. What? Did May. you say August? I said May or June at the latest. <laughs> oh, I thought you said May, June, August. I was like, okay. September, October. We're just saying November. dates at this point. We're just saying months. Um, but yeah, so hopefully by the beginning of summertime, we will be back to um, the full group again. Blake yeah. is getting rowdy, so we got to wrap yeah. this up, yeah, I yeah. guess. Uh, well, thank you, guys. As thank always, you. hit us up on social media if we fucked anything up, because um, that's very possible. Um, at Unknown Podcast on Twitter, and then Podcast from the Unknown on Instagram. And um, as always, thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye.